This episode is brought to you by Southern Elegance Candle Company, where modern values meet Southern charm. Right now, check out their spring and summer collection with candle scents such as Celebration, Coastal Waters, and Farmer's Market. And our two personal favorites, Southern Sunshine, which fills the room with an amazing aroma of citrus and sugar, and Southern Nights, which is a blend of sandalwood and gooseberries. Be sure to visit secandlecode.com and use our promo code CRUX, that's C-R-U-X, for 15% off all regularly priced items. That's secandlecode.com, where they lovingly craft each scent and city combination to elicit a fond memory to whisk you to a place of pure joy. On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we talk a little NBA scores. The playoffs are red hot. We've got big deal, no thing, I get money, and so much more. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's oozing out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Can you feel that? Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. Thank you, as always, for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk, or hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net. You can also check us out as a part of the Facebook group, Carolina Sports Back, Carolina Sports Talk, Talk Back, or Talks Back, or Holler Back, or... Just get back at us. Uh, welcome back. As always, we are coming to you live from High Star Studios. I got my main man and yours, DJ High Star, in the building. What's good with it, bro? Yo, yo, yo. What's good? What's good? What's good? Dog, it's been a long time, man. For Thank sure. you for welcoming us back in the High Star Studios, man. What you, got, what you been having going on with you, man? Chilling, man. Chilling. Uh, I know Be Easy is probably... Uh, a little sad this morning and stuff like that. Uh, free Young Thug and Free Gunner. They, um, <laughs> something that Be Easy is probably very familiar with, but they got pulled up on Rico charges. So uh, now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask you uh, put some respect on your name, but how many of our listeners do you think when they saw the saw the headline went and Googled what is Rico charges? Um. I hate to keep <laughs> jumping on him, but I know Be Easy didn't. Right? He was one who knew off top for Absolutely. sure. Um, <laughs> while we at it, you know, Kane did as well. Um, okay, but yeah, outside of that, probably you know some of the younger guys. Uh, I can remember a time where I um, I googled it to to know what the acronym stood for and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, just having a little early fun. You know, I, I just again, I could just picture Be Easy listening to the podcast right now and hearing this. So just an early shout out for him. Just getting his mind ready and prepped for what's to come throughout this episode. Well, um, I had a good week, dog, so far, man. It's uh, been a good week in sports. Uh, we, I guess we'll start off as we normally do with some NBA. Let's run through a little bit of scores, man. What you think? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Um, we're going to start off from Sunday, May the 8th. Um, and, of course, since it's the semifinals, we can run through all of the, the matchups, but the Mavericks beat the Suns on Sunday, 111 to 101, to tie the series up two to two. 
The 76ers beat the Heat 116 to 108 as Joel Embiid returned. Um, and they tied up the series two and two. And yesterday, Monday, May the 9th, the Celtics beat the Bucks 116 to 108 to tie up their series two and two. And lastly, the Warriors edge out the Grizzlies in San Francisco in the Bay Area 101 to 98. Um, and they lead that series three to one right now. And we currently have the Heat um, leading the 76ers at halftime, 56 to 44. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much the scores. I did want to quickly bring up last night's game, um, the Golden State. I mentioned a little bit to you before we started the show. Uh, the type of win that Golden State pulled out yesterday was the type of win that championship teams are made of. Um, whenever you, you know, it, they, they didn't lead until the, very late in the game. And also they um, another thing that I mentioned to you is that they took – they just straight up took Memphis's heart yesterday, man, to to lose a game like that without having John Morant and leading most of the game. You don't have Steve Kerr on the other um, bench and everything like that. You you know, it it was a it was a game, man. It was a game. It from from the beginning of it for me, it was just like oh, these boys. I'm gonna tell you what it made me think about Lion King. You you may or may not remember in one of the scenes. I want to say it was when Mufasa was. Um, getting ready to come to scold Scar for not, you know what I'm saying, coming to Simba's little presentation thing or whatnot. And and uh, Scar was sitting there playing with the little mouse. And it was like, oh, and now look what you've done. I've lost my dinner. That's what it felt like to me. He was The way that Scar was playing with that mouse is what the Golden State Warriors were doing with the John Morant-less uh, Grizzlies. Now, I get it. They were 25-2 and two in the regular season without him. They played tremendous ball. Um, their defense was better. But at the end of the day, and they even beat this Golden State team. However, Steph was out. Clay was out. Um, I don't think Poole played that game And it either. was the regular season. And it was the regular day. season. In playoff basketball, championship teams are going to raise to a level. They literally played with them through the first three and a half quarters. And it was like, all right, let's go ahead and win this game real quick. And just took, like you said, took all their hope and was like yeah nah the looks on their faces were like no this is over like um and we'll talk about a little bit later in um and I, big deal no thing about mm-hmm. the injury but like this was over even despite all of that yeah i i don't even think that i mean I, I hear what you're saying as far as they played with them but i don't really even think that they would again it was a, a bad shooting game for clay a bad shooting game for steph to start why? off with why Tell was it a bad me, game no, they, a bad shooting game. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because of they were playing. Those guys on the first full first half, they weren't playing Warriors basketball. Chuck was talking about it during the halftime but you report. Bad nights as a shooter, too. And it's excavated by uh by the, the shots that they were taking. Stuff that's not Agreed. where they get to their spots. And and they were literally just okay, Hesitancy. I'm a chunk. Hesitancy playing, not playing like when you're not going full on. Then you tend to make those mistakes and have bad nights like that. When they're playing good competition or when they're playing to their best abilities, then they're up there getting to their spots, making the extra pass just because it's open. If it's not a good look, no, let me drive, come in. And once Clay started doing that in the second half, once Steph started doing it, then that's when the, they got better shots on the threes and started hitting those as well. They were playing um, with them from the jump. So you me. think they were baiting um, their the Memphis's defensive scheme? Absolutely. Thinking like, okay, this is actually working. Not so much for the sake of that. They just weren't giving the effort knowing that when they were ready to flip the switch, 
exactly what the outcome was was going to be inevitable. And credit also to Memphis for the game plan that they had offensively uh, for going. And much to Ja Morant's credit, they they've been like the number one team as far as points in the paint mm-hmm. all season, and they finally kind of the first three quarters got away from the three pointer, mm-hmm. and then you could tell legs tightening up. I'm getting anxious. We got to make a quick score gotta when shoot, it was inside shoot, of two shoot minutes. It. Yep, and that's when try to play a little hero ball like that. Exactly playing that hero ball. That's when mistakes started to happen. I got a quick hot take. I know this is unplanned and everything okay, like that. Okay, but we can get you right. We can get you right on it. Oh, it's hot. Hot. All right, what's your hot take, bro? Steph Curry has. Surpassed Kyrie Irving as the best finisher at the cup in the game. Um, the way that outside, of course, his three points, his three pointers and his three point skill is, you know, his bread and butter and what everybody knows him for. But the way that he's kind of post his injuries when he's gotten his paws, his ankles stronger and his his calves and right, everything right, right. stronger. He finishes at the cup nowadays, like full body control. And granted, Kyrie gets it from his godfather, from Rod Strickland. But Steph, Steph be doing some stuff around that cup, man. Whenever he gets, whenever he drives, and it's over the the biggest, you know, the seven footers and everything like that. So, yes, when he is when he's not showboating, but that goes back to kind of what I was talking about with them playing with him. He had an easy up, layup that he went and instead of just kind of laying it in, went up and under and tried to give us some English off the glass and it rebounded off. But at, to your point, he was still there with an opportunity to finish. Had he, you know, not been showboating, it very well could have had two more additional points. But he, again, him and, and Chris Paul are, because Chris Paul point. is very much similar yeah. to. His, it's his threat from three point that, that opens mm, that up, mm. especially whenever they switch and they get a big man on him. Even if the big man is giving him space to shoot the three, now what Steph will do is, I'm going past you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So either, I'm either getting the two or I'm getting the an and one, and it's going to count as a foul against y'all team. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to use this as a bridge to, um, to, to another topic. But um, Steph Curry, in the last round against Denver, they were switching Nikola Jokic out to him for him to do just that. He was literally had him looking like he was on skates for mm-hmm. Nicola to be one of them each time. Exactly. Blowing past him and, or pump faking him, getting him up in the air and then shooting a three and get, getting a four point play. But along those lines, uh, it was announced this week that Nikola Jokic will be announced as the back-to-back MVP of the National Basketball Association. Do you think he deserves it? Um, or was Joel Embiid really just kind of robbed on this one? No, I mean, um, I was watching Jalen Rose. Um, he was on the Breakfast Club, and he made a great point. But first player in history with 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 500 assists. Um, some things, you know, again, we, we even highlighted it on this show, uh, some of his passes and stuff from this year. But the way that he led the uh, Jamal Murray-less um, Denver Nugget squad or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. He, he he definitely carried them, carried them into the playoffs. Uh, it's it's well deserving. It you know, and if if we want to get technical, it's like a one A one B type thing with them two, and then everybody else we could start talking about. But it's a regular season award. Um, another thing that that Jalen Rose lamented um, on on the Breakfast Club, and 
the postseason play doesn't have much to do with it. But the way that he showed up and performed in the regular season is definitely deserving. And see, that's where my part. That's I think that's part of the problem that I have is that the regular season. I mean, that the postseason doesn't have a part of it. Now, I called in um, this week to the uh, Kenny and Carlin show on ESPN Radio and talk with the guys a little bit about it then and basically said the fact that it does not include the postseason is kind of a travesty because a lot of these great players are that's when they begin to shine had it been uh included at least of the first or second round of the playoffs then there's no doubt in my mind that this this uh, award belonged to Joel Embiid this year but um, it doesn't. That's one of the things that kind of be, needs to be changed. Much to how we talked about the overtime rules in the NFL needing to change, and then you see how that worked out, and they got the changes. I would not be surprised within a year or maybe two at the long, but definitely uh, as quickly as a year to see them change it to include the first and or second round of the playoffs into the MVP voting, and then that gives you a truer sense of who is the best player for the year. It's not just about those who are able to carry a team through the regular season and then get ousted in the first round. For me, it's the, the, the players that's going to take you all the way. It's not necessarily the best player on the best team, but if you can be that individual that is the driving force of why your team gets there and then still succeed once you get there, there's no doubt in my mind that that's the MVP caliber um, performance. If you even look at Joel and what he's done, when, when he wasn't playing in those first two games, Miami looked like they were just going to go far and beyond with this. Right. Now, Joel's presence alone on that court has us looking like a James Harden sighting back out here with a vintage 32 or uh, 34 point performance the other night. So, well, and yeah, um, again, outside of the Golden State series, mm-hmm. got all of the other series tied up. You know, of course, the, the Heat and Sixers game is going on right now. But another, um, arguably, another MVP candidate. Chris Paul, um, mm. three or four days, and I just wanted to shine a spotlight on this before we get away from the NBA. Three or four days prior to him or shy of him turning 37 years old, he goes um, perfect from the from the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I know you kind of mentioned his name earlier, but yeah, he was he was lights out the other night. This this new age Chris Paul. I know we'll probably get into it a little bit later, but. It's something. It's it's you know it's it's a little different. It's like when it's like being able to, um, you know, we always love our high school analogies and stuff. But being able to play JV or or play varsity as a, a sophomore in college, when you're a sophomore in college and know a little bit more about the game cerebrally and, mm-hmm. and things like that, that you can go back and you can really, you know, play at at you know, with, with the IQ or whatever like that. Exactly. Um, the, the late years of Kobe, the late years of Jordan type, type vibe. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and those players, I mean, we'll talk a, a, a bit about a bunch of those in a little while, but um, like you said, Just when a player gets flowers. it, they get it. And so shout mm-hmm. out to him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, anything else standing out to you in the NBA? Any other games that kind of have caught your attention or anything? Nah, uh, I don't – Prayers. I wish we had some like sad music to cue up, but prayers to T. Morant. <laughs> I guess that's sad enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, might might have seen all we were gonna see from T. Man, matter of fact, that seems like a perfect place to go ahead and transition into our next segment. It's big. It's time for big deal. No that's thing. A big deal. Nah. That ain't no thing. You know the segment, we give you some sports headlines and tell you whether it's a big deal or no thing. First up, 
talking about tea, uh, Memphis Grizzly star John Morant has a bone bruise and is doubtful for the remainder of the playoffs. Is that a big deal or no thing? Um, it's, I'll just go with big deal that, just because just to be obvious. But I've, I've got uh, an argument for both, but go ahead. Big deal. Well, you're probably going to agree with mine for, nah, that ain't no thing. Why you say it's a big deal, bro? Um, again, it's, it was there pretty, all right, put it like this. I just, I'll just choose a side and stay with it. But it was their only fight and chance, fight and hope. Um, a lot of people argue that they didn't have a chance without him, but the energy that, that can, again, that he brings to, to the team and infuse, you know, the team with that whenever he's on the floor, that's their fighting chance. Um, and again, it's, uh, we joked about it a little bit earlier, you know, how much is the remainder of the playoffs for the Grizzlies exactly? <laughs> and um, with respect to them, because we know what they did in the regular season without them. But just for him, I say it's also a big deal because this is his third time aggravating his knee this year. And I saw the grimace on his face and kind of, I think you brought it up um, when T asked him, um, are you all right? You might have brought it up or I might have saw it on, on, on TV, but T asked him, I guess, are you all right? And he didn't even answer his pops. You know what I'm saying? Um, so we know that it's, it's messing with him and that type of stuff could psychologically mess with you too. So big deal. I, I say it's no thing from a different perspective. Um, they didn't have a chance with him. You're talking about they didn't have a chance without him. They didn't have a chance with him. When I talked a couple of weeks ago about um, whether Boston's Needed Boston needed the win more or whomever, but honestly, it didn't matter because I didn't give them a chance at all in this in this series. Um, so that's the singular reason why I say it's no 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 thing at all. Um, the big deal for me though is simply because, like you mentioned, it's a repeated injury. If if it needs to have surgery, he needs to go ahead and have that surgery now and, and kind of get that taken care of because it could become something that lingers and, and and we don't need that. He is on too high of a trajectory right now. And really, really, really looking to take the league by storm with his team next year after they lose in this next game and go home for the rest of the season, for the rest of the offseason. Um, they, they need, the league needs him. So I really, really hope that it's not a big thing for him. So Shout out to the cameo from Hedgie Winslow, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> Hedgie Winslow. Next up on no big deal, no thing, uh, Milwaukee's Bucks and Atlanta Hawks to play the preseason game in Abu Dhabi. Big deal or no thing? Yes, because the Bucks do belong to Milwaukee, so they're Milwaukee's Bucks, as opposed to <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> the singular big possession. Deal. <laughs> big deal. Big deal. I too say it's a big deal. That's a big for the deal. Milwaukee's Bucks to be playing against Atlanta's Hawks. Why you say, bro? Um, and I'll kind of get into it a little bit later, but it just goes to. Show the global marketability of the of the league as it, it continues to expand. We remember what the league did in China as far as with Yao Ming mm. and all of that stuff. Mm. Um, and then just uh, that that region and how much that region has grown over the past 10, 15 years um, out there, Dubai and, and Abu Dhabi and all of that stuff. So it's um, definitely a big deal for the for the league to put a footprint out there, and um, it's not. One thing we know for a fact is there's not going to be any issue with selling out those two games or, or the game, rather, um, as far as luxury seats or anything like that. 
You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's not going to mm-hmm. be no kind of issue with selling tickets. So because they got money out there yeah, for sure. Facts. I say it's a big deal for me. Similar to what you said. Um, they look at basketball as the world's game, and we know soccer is. Um, it's one of the oldest games on earth. It's been around the world, but. The NBA is trying to elevate basketball to that very same level. We know what it is at the Olympic level. We know what um, the FIBA games. And and so basketball has elevated their efforts that they made in China, the efforts that are being um, made over in Africa. And now for them to expand there in Abu Dhabi just is another leg and another arm of that for me. Um, One of the things that I think makes it unique is that they are not only looking to go and get a new market, but they've tailored their product to be able to reflect that new market. If you look at the the, the Olympic Games um, this past summer, they talked about how, oh, uh, playing at the Olympics was so much harder for NBA players because the world plays a different style of game. Um, your, uh, your boy down in uh, Dallas, um, Luka Doncic, talked about how much easier it was to score in the NBA okay. as opposed to playing back home or in the um, international the game. Stuff, yeah. yeah, because of the way that the rules are. And I think that's one of the reasons that they implemented the rule changes that they did and have started the, the Steph Curry slash James Harden rules, if you would, to alleviate a lot of that out of the game so that as they do expand into those markets where they're accustomed to that style of game, one, the NBA players can remain competitive because now they've gone through a full season and or a couple of seasons by the time that the FIBA game comes back, FIBA games come back around, but they put themselves in a position to have a product to walk into that market with to say, hey, it's more reflective of what you're used to. But now we're still the best in the world. We still have the best players, the brightest lights. And we're coming to get some of your money for these luxury seats that, that High Star was just talking about. So Thanks. shout out to uh, NBA that you got a, a product that folks want around the world, man. So next up, we are going to jump straight into our I Got Money segment. So first up on I Got Money, the Carolina Panthers first round pick, Akeem Ukwonyu, has signed his rookie contract. Um, I'm pulling up the numbers now, but we know with the, I will say this, with the recent readjustments of the first round scales, it's kind of like just a walk shock Jayhawk, if you would, with regards to what the a salary amounts that they can get paid. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, is it a... Um you know, not to jump backwards into big deal, no thing, but is it a big deal because does it start any kind of domino effect with any other draft picks and stuff like that? I mean, is that still a big thing where draft picks look to hold out and and do any of that or that rookie scale kind of has kind of chilled all of that stuff out? It's chilled it out tremendously. Um, I think one of the biggest things is that um, they, they look on how to structure like certain things like the signing bonus. They start right. looking at um, team options and things of that nature on how they'll break it down. But for an example, with um, with Icky's deal, it was a four year, twenty seven point five six million guaranteed, um, along with that fixed fifth year option that we know is um, accustomed with the first first round draft picks. Um, but he's also got a signing bonus worth about seventeen point two million dollars. Um, it's it's. Within that first round, again, each slot from one through thirty-two is pretty much pre kind of preset. But then you think about players like Malik Willis, who coming into this draft, many players thought he was going to be up to a first, a top ten pick, and ended up going in the third round. If he had gone as a top top ten pick, he would have made upwards of about the same anywhere from thirty-two to twenty-six or twenty-five million dollars. 
Do you know what the range is for the third pick, third round pick that he signed the contract for? Nine million dollars. That uh, he may be in a better position to win. Money. I, I lost money. <laughs> That's exactly I what lost, it is, bro. Like y'all's uh, that fall, and it, that was tremendous. We'll talk about that a little bit later on the um, draft episode, but um, draft recap. Maybe when we kind of take a look at these, but it, it, it. Oh man, that. That's a big deal to drop that much and have to lose that much money. Speaking of losing some money, somebody else got something that somebody lost. The New York Giants. I could have waited for the beat to drop. But the New York Giants, um, Kayvon Thibodeau, is paying some big money for former Carolina Panthers kicker Graham Cano's number five. Um, you guys may know that he wore number five um, with the Giants or will be wearing number five with the Giants the same way that he did at Oregon all last year during his All-American um, unanimous season. But to come and take that number from Graham Gano, it is going to cost him $50,000. Bro, if you were coming into the league and you were a first-round draft pick um, and you had to buy the number, what was the most amount that you would get for your number and what number would you pay for What's the most amount that I would what? That you would pay to buy buy your number from somebody. $50. And if, honestly, <laughs> I'll just put two plus three on my jersey. And just rock or, five or? Like, literally, I would put two plus three on my jersey. What? I'm not, <laughs> no. Nah. Nah. We could figure out different ways to spend that 50K. Yeah, nah, like, I, I'm not going to. Especially gonna... my position, with the position that you're at, so. Right. And see, and that's my thing. He's a big guy, but he likes his small numbers, you know, with the league, um, allowing some of them to switch up the numbers this year. It's crazy to me how much money these guys, like, I, I might, depending on, like, if I got, like, a $17 million spider bonus, the most I'm probably going to spend is probably twenty five fifty as well. Dollars? Thousand. Oh. I, got, I just got 17.2, though, like. We hey, came up from nothing. Draymond, like, Draymond <laughs> said it best on a recent interview. 20K is still 20K. Yeah, but when but see perspective twenty k when you got thirty is different than twenty k when you got two hundred mil. This is talk. This is somebody that just made oh, like twenty five million or whatever this year. He literally said, "You know, twenty five k still twenty five k. Twenty k is still twenty k." So and and granted, like you said, with perspective, some of these guys have a whole budget. Just for when they get fined by the league and stuff. Literally. Like so I understand. And if I don't get fined this week, hey, that's that's money I can go blow at the sizzler, bro. <laughs> right. I understand, but yeah, I, I'll buy a couple more Sergio Tashini track suits before I pay fifty <laughs> k to the to the former kicker. Bro, what's the craziest thing like at this point in life that kicker. you ever spent money on? Like um, ever. Some of my expensive colognes. Okay. Uh, some fake scamming attempts. <laughs> Shout out to all the scammers. Yeah, I got scammed out of a lot of bread. Um, that yeah, I can't think of. I can't think of much things that's in the thousands that I've like looked back at it and been like, oh, what was I doing? But it's a couple things that's in the hundreds and higher hundreds that I was like, oh, I could have kept that money. You know what I mean? Or yeah, you know, you just got to kind of um. Will yourself into saying that was a good purchase, but see for me, well, I'm gonna tell you what always. I don't ever get buyer's remorse. I find value in the things that I want, and if if it's something I want, I'll spend whatever the money is. If I don't find the value, it could be ten cents. But if I don't see that being worth it, I'm not gonna do it. For me, guns. I, I remember twice I bought guns and was like, I spent way too much money for these mm-hmm. guns. 
and having that buyer's remorse afterwards, yeah. man. But yeah, that price could get up there with that. Yeah. So at that point, it's just like yeah. Nah, then especially on. your mods and everything like that, mm-hmm. and different accessories, and just if I'm gonna get everything, I I'm the type I want everything as soon as it gets shipped. I don't want to have to get a piece and then wait three more weeks for this mod to get here or that. To, I'm going to just buy everything at once. Mm-hmm. But see, I'm, so I'm building, and, and we're going to get back to sports in a second. This is Carolina Sports Talk. You're rocking with your man, Big Cliff, in High Star Studios with DJ High Star. But I'm building an AR right now, and I, I started off with my with my lower, and I'm buying it piece by piece, I'm, and I'm getting everything the way I want. And it's kind of like my little pet project. So as I'm ordering stuff, it's like this week, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and order this. This upper for it, or I'm gonna look at this this range uh, bag, or I'm gonna look at this and other. And so I'm just kind of slowly building it the way I want it, um, and I like it. It's a little AR pistol, but either here or there, these guys got different kind of money, so they got different kind of problems. I hear Draymond with 20k, still 20k, but hey man, hey let me let me get 20k then, bro. If ain't that, you, you gotta buy his little sister uh, Ultima, right? <laughs> we got one more up for I got money. You know, some people have greatness at every turn within their life. Um, One such thing is true for Mr. Tom Brady, who has recently, you know, come out of retirement after like 15 minutes in retirement. Um, But the Tampa Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback has signed a deal with Fox to become their lead NFL analyst following his on field retirement. Um it's already leaked because these days can't nothing. Uh, the Supreme Court can't even really keep stuff under wraps no more, bro. You know, that's one of the highest entities in the most secure joints anyway. But it's been reported that um, Tom Brady and Fox Sports have agreed to a 10 year, $375 million contract that goes into effect as soon as he retires. I think after giving all of these years of giving money back to win the most Super Bowls in, in NFL history, this dude deserves a little bit of this money. And again, I don't even like that dude like that, but I got to respect him and that bag that he getting ready to get. Um, what are your thoughts on that, bro, with Tom Brady getting this post-retirement bag? Yeah, I mean, uh, if I'm being anticlimactic and stuff, pause, it's just not a surprise Tom Brady, the the name itself is a brand at this point. Mm-hmm. TB twelve, you got all of that yep. stuff going on, and it's funny that they put you know when playing career ends, or you know it's not like they were like at the end of twenty twenty two, right, right, you know right. What I'm saying it's going to start up. It's like no, it's still whenever on he decides. Yeah, <laughs> but um, they got a they yo they postdated this dude's contract, bro. Like yeah, we got you. Whenever you're done, whenever right. you're ready, pull up. So, you know, there's certain players that that's just going to, you know, they're going to get it um, by any means necessary. There's there's like the the analyst type that you're going to trust the voices that you're going to trust. Peyton Manning's, Tony mm-hmm. Romo's, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And Tom just knows where he pretty much knows where he wants to go post playing and dictated just now what he's going to do post. You know what I mean? Right now in that. Still, that doesn't stop a brother. That probably propels a brother into being in a better position to be a part owner of the Dolphins or do whatever he wants to do as far as um, executive, if you will. I mean, granted, this would take up a lot of time, 
Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, it's going to take a lot of time. Gonna... I don't. And see, that's my thing. I, if he does this, I don't see him doing the exec route. I, I don't. Because um, that a bag like that, that's going to be like uh, what kept Chucky out in that booth for so long. Him being yeah. the highest paid. I say Chucky, but Coach John, John Gruden. Um, it kept him out for 10 years uh, when he signed that contract, making that good money. And now after that whole scandal thing, I'm sure he probably Wait, wishes. Even as a part owner? Or yeah. is that that just kind of is that a conflict of interest? I guess yeah. Or would present a conflict mm-hmm. of interest being on. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, um, but yeah, shout out to him, man. He he is the goat. Uh, I will I will give him that. So shout out to Tom Brady getting that uh, post retirement bag. So next up, we are going to have a little discussion, bro. Um, I had some conversations with some folks this week that kind of. Shout out to my dog Jones of uh, Music Jones fellow show here on Crux Media. Um, but me and dog got into it um, about a, some comments that I saw on Facebook with Draymond and Chuck going back and forth. Draymond basically said that Chuck couldn't have a conversation with him as far as being one of the all-time greats or talk about basketball because he didn't win no rings and um, he wasn't the player that Draymond wasn't. That kind of led us to a top five all-time starting five. So um, we here at Carolina Sports Talk are going to debut to you guys our top five. Uh, High Star, if you want to go ahead and start off, I'll let you give your top five. Um, then I'll give mine and we can discuss a couple of players. Now, I know you got a couple of lists, um, being the thorough individual that you are, but I'm going to just ask for your top five starting all-time starting five. Uh, and this is also contingent on the fact that we've seen each other's list. I don't want to <laughs> double up. But hey, yo, pause. Anyways. Um, all right. So, starting that point, uh, last-minute decision on this one. But I'm going to go ahead and go with Shout out to Winning Time. I'm going to go with Magic on this mm. one. Uh, okay, okay, okay. As shooting guard, I got Kobe Bean Bryant. This is a very Laker-heavy lineup. Um, mm. At the three, got LeBron. At the four, got Giannis. And rounding everything out at the five, got Shaq Diesel. Um, Bro, you didn't say Lake. You said Laker. I said your top all time top five players, not Lakers. <laughs> exclusive. It, it worked out that way. Like, and really, it was just because I made this last minute switch and put Magic in the game. But okay, like I said, this winning time had a lot to do with that, didn't? Yeah, oh, to winning time. Shout out. So, my all time starting five at guard. Standing at six foot three. No, I don't. No, he is actually six three. But Chris Paul is my point guard. At the two, I got Michael Jordan. I have slid Kobe over to the three. At starting four in my all-time starting five, at the power forward position, I have Kevin Durant. And for my center, I have prime Orlando. Dwight Howard. Um, I'm 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 ready to say that my list, my top five could probably drag any team that anybody could could, could conceive and put together. Whether you got Shaq, whether you're getting Kareem, um, whomever you put into Senate, Bill, 
at the four, whomever. Like, I got offense and I got defense George to be able Mike to. George Mike would walk Dwight. Stop. All right. If we're going to be blasphemous, bro, you could just go ahead and just let me know that ahead of time, bro. Dog, Dwight, and, and, and we've talked about it weeks ago and, and, and throughout the time. A lot of people don't give Dwight the respect that he deserves because he's they, they, they feel some kind of way about his personality and him being jokey, his antics, if you would. And even after leaving Orlando, he might not have possessed the heart that some would have wanted. Some being me. It's me. I'm some. Um, seeing him display the heart that we would have wanted in um, any of the stops, especially with the Lakers. First time I've said them in, what, two, three, three weeks? Mm-hmm. Shout out to me. <laughs> But um, they 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 neglect how much of a like a dominant force he was, and how much Shaq didn't want to like him early on, didn't want to let him get the Superman name, but he had to ultimately say give him the respect because at that point there was nobody more dominant than Dwight Howard in the paint, just wasn't happening, and he was athletic with it. Now you add that in and couple that with his ability now to shoot the three, um, so I got three point shooting. Everywhere up and down selectively Because even though Jordan and Chris Paul Aren't going to be taking three points like that When they need them to take them They're going to take them But they're going to hit and pick and pop And eat people alive at the mid-range game Kobe is going to be any and everywhere That we need him to be This this team is going to be able to play fast And defensively What what are you going to do defensively When you got Jordan, Kobe And Chris Paul and Durant plays some significant, significant, and then again, one of the best defenders in the history. Uh, uh, I'm just saying, who touching that top five, bro? Tell me a little bit of the reason some of you guys, some of yours, going. Um, with my with with my top with positions one through three, uh, international play and their Olympic play um, stands out certainly. But what MJ and Magic did um, together, and this was uh, after, you know, this is a heavier, more non-athletic Magic. What they did on on the USA Dream Team speaks for itself um, as a one-two punch. But, um, yeah, and then down in in the post, I was going to pick Kareem, go with the more finesse offense. But um, Shaq Diesel is Shaq Diesel, you know, we – have a lot of young female listeners that's out there, and they may be fans of of, of Nicki Minaj, but you know who they were fans of first? <laughs> Lil' Kim. Uh, so yeah, all yeah. of the Dwight Howard fans out there, they know where it comes from. Um, yeah. But at the same time, uh, do you have you know, any You know what you sound like men? right now? It's like an alpha. Did you right have now. any six men? Yeah, uh, honestly. So it was really tough for me. Not to include Steph and Magic both on this list. Um, honestly, and if I'm being transparent, when I first started trying to work on my list, Steph was the first player that, that I pulled. And then as I started kind of looking, I said, hmm, can I really put Steph? Steph Curry is the greatest shooter that this league has ever seen, point blank in a period. Um, but overall, he lacks too much on defense for me. He is a complete liability on defense. For any of the top teams, like if you any in like I, again, when I assembled my team, it was with the understanding of I want this team to beat every other team. You know, like you see those memes where pick five of these heroes and then everybody you got to go defeat everybody else. That's kind of how I had it in my mind with this list. And Steph defensively just is too much of a liability. And although 
young, athletic Magic was pretty defensively sound. I think about him later in that career, it's just like, yeah, nah. Bruh, that, what, what I got to specify? Prime Magic? Yes. All right, Prime Magic is who's on my team. But you asked me, well, no, you just asked Dwight. me about my sixth man, though. All right. I was getting it to you. Pause. Orlando Dwight. But um, prime Orlando Dwight too. Exactly, six <laughs> men of mine. KD, uh, of course, uh, was that you know that I had as a six man. Um, for giving multiple six men awards out, really KD, KG, and and Dirk Nowitzki all got mm. kind of honorable mentions from me. I don't like of Dirk. Of course, the great um, the Mamba. Um, but yeah, I I hey some some do some don't. It's just. The way that um, the way that he stretched the floor <clears throat> and uh, forced uh, another big to come out of the post was one of my kind of thought processes behind it. But ultimately, I didn't choose him. You know what I mean? So right, right, right. it didn't it didn't round out for me. It wasn't the, the totality that I was looking for from a four or whatnot. So randomly, who's your favorite player of all time ever? I couldn't. I, I, there's no way that I could really give that on a spot like that. I mean, it's just, I, I love the game so much. I, I couldn't give just one. And then even if a lot of times, again, my favorite player of all time, it might not be somebody that falls into greatest players of all time as well. Right, right, right. But, um, yeah, like I – I love MJ and I always give him his flowers and stuff like that. But you think about the time that I grew up to love in basketball. Um, he was a Nick killer. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, so. Uh, and if I, so in this other dude played for the Pacers as well, but one of them definitely up there as far as I saw him play with my own eyes and stuff like that on TV and everything. Mark Jackson has always mm. been one of the more entertaining, like, um, one of the early entertaining players for me is his little shimmies and just his showboating and stuff that he did the pregame, you know, like fives and all of that stuff. Um, of course, AI is up there, um, you know, but I, I couldn't, yeah, there's no way that I could give a definitive answer on that. You like Mark Jackson as coach of the Lakers coming out of the conversation for a quick second. Cause he's one of the ones that they're interviewing or whatnot. Do you, do you like him as a choice? To, um, to coach I like the- yeah, I like any kind of love that Mark Jackson is being showed. Okay. He's from Queens. His his daughter went to the same school that me and my sisters went to, um, as far as preschool and stuff like that. Shout out to Love, Peace and Joy up there in Queens off of Liberty Ave. But yeah, I I Mark he Mark Jackson's a hometown hero. My dad always tell me stories about him passing um, you know, passing by in the Ben's coop. White, all white Ben's coop and stuff like that, and stunting on them, boy, and just you know, just seeing him in, in Queens, one of the Queens heroes. Where that's what's up. Yeah, I, I, I could see that, and I, because ultimately, the, the, the Warriors owe who they are to him and that platform and, and the basis and fundamentals that was built there. So, I'd love to see him go ahead and rebuild the Lakers. Um, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of New York, uh, based basketball minds mm-hmm. that we just trust you know out there when you hear kenny smith talk and it's like again if you're from new york definitely but you hear like the 
the New York in their voice and just kind of the the no nonsense in their voice right. and stuff. Like, oh, he's like, kind of authoritative. You know what we talking about? It, that's what I was gonna say. Like they they their tone says, "Yo, I know what I'm talking about here." Especially right. Mark Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Whenever he's talking, talking, or it's, it's with talk, that strength like, in it's it. Like, like, yeah, you know, I know what I'm saying, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it's funny that you like you said a moment ago that it was be so hard for you to pick a certain a favorite player. I think back to me and instantly I knew, oh, Kobe. It wasn't even hard for me. Like Kobe was my favorite player of all time or is my favorite player of all time. But then I flipped it in my mind. It was like, but what about football? And I could never pick one player to be my favorite in football because that's, that's, that's like you talk about the love of the game. For me, that's football. Like I, I, I like basketball a lot, but yeah. Like a big reason for that, um, just to kind of tie this up, is again my favorite team. So like, I could see you being a fan of the Lakers and mm-hmm. then being able us being able to see prime Kobe where he's scoring 60 something points, 10 games in a row and really saying like, I'm here with the, with the white Jersey Lakers and stuff like exactly. that. You know what that I'm saying? Pretty with the white and the Those, purple and gold that, trim. That was like, <sighs> that was a time where you're like, yo, this guy is a, is an alien. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, he's on an, or he's really, really in, Respect to him and, and and his family. Respect to his legacy and his family. But everything post Utah, post the Utah scandal is like he turned up and he really said it on a lot of interviews post Utah. I'm locked in on basketball. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And like I'm I'm focused. And the that that was a distraction so much for him. Not to stay long on this, but because I think he didn't have again friends or teammates that he kicked it with so much. Exactly. So it allowed for that distraction to happen. But then he got right back on course. You know, mm-hmm. the whole thing with um, with the wife and everything like that got got straight situated with that. But then more or less was like, all right, I'm locked in. I'm about to show you all yeah. what I really like, what I really could do. So it like, again, on the on the other side of it, I'm a Knicks fan. And it's like I got my favorite Knicks of all time. I got just favorite players of all time. But it's it's it. We didn't see Bernard King play. You right. know what I'm saying, and, and that's the thing. And I could be like, if 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 we did, I could be like, oh, Bernard King easily, or Rod Strickland easily, but none of the Knicks. We had so many Nick killers over the years. You know, your Reggie Millers of the world, mm, MJ, oh. <laughs> Hakeem. I know y'all you know hated that dude, bro. Even Charles Barkley to a certain extent. Like yeah. there was a lot of Nick killers, so you know it's tough. It's tough. Big facts. Um, shout out to all all of you guys who have so far participated on social media with the anticipation of our top five. But we want you guys to participate. Hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net to be able to be a part of the show. Share your top five with us. If you guys go ahead and do that and send it to the Carolina Sports Talk line, we will read yours on air next week as well as send you a Carolina Sports Talk pack. All right, last up on today's episode, nothing to do with sports. We've been highlighting all season uh, all season long, Winning Time, The Rise of the Showtime Lakers, available on HBO and HBO Max. Uh, this episode, this week's episode was the season finale, man, and um, it did not disappoint, bro. You want to take it from here? Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've kind of led the way um, a lot of the season. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump it off. Um, hey, yo. It starts off. Jump, jump it off, bro. Go ahead, just go ahead, bro. Right. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> but um, starts off, uh, Kareem. Well, first they're in the midst of what appears to be Game Five um, mm-hmm. out in Philly and playing, and Kareem, 
you know, he gets hurt, he tweaks his ankle and some, first of all, and some run DMC Adidas is, and it's like, no, no exactly. It's no, it's no surprise on why he tweaked his ankle <laughs> the way that he did. It, With it really, no ankle support yeah, whatsoever, bro. In, in joints and you seven dance, foot tall playing in some boat shoes. Dancing shoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he, he, he tweaks his ankle, really turns it bad, but mm-hmm. um, he gets into, and this is not planned, everybody, but he gets into his, uh, into the the medical sports medicine. You're looking at me like, you ready to cut me short? Yeah, mute me. Yeah, get ready to. <laughs> but, uh, you know, his milk of magnesia, his, his oh, yeah, she, um, she she kind of just reaffirms with him, you know, this is your time and and this and that. I, I'm gonna just keep it at that. I'm not gonna go further into it. It's just to me, it's Hotep Kareem with the juxtaposition of, you know what I mean. But anyways, <laughs> um, she like she she kind of gives him a pep talk, and similar to when Magic was talking to Jerry West in the locker room. He makes an exclamation, you know, I want this, or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. They get back into the game. They end up winning game five. They win game five. He has to get helped off the court and everything like that. We see, you know, that it's, it's a bad situation uh, for your boy. So you fast forward and we try to keep this expeditious. First of all, any any thoughts regarding that stuff, that part of everything? The lead up to it was good. Um, I, I did not like actually. As far as the gameplay? Yeah, yeah, okay. oh yeah, the, and how the, it was shot, of course. Exactly. Again, we've talked um, week after week about how beautiful this one was, um, and I'll be I'll talk about it a little bit later. But I'll be interested in seeing how they move forward with the cinematography. But um, yeah, no, I, I think the 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 build up to that, the the acting was really good. Excuse me, it was it was just good. I enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they they win that game. Um, Fast forward, the news comes out pretty much that they're not going to have Kareem for the next game or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Once Magic pulls up to the airport to get on the team plane, he's met by Kareem's wife. His wife. Go ahead. And she uh, flags him down. (laughs) Yeah. So the wife flags him down. And uh, thanks for saving me on that. Yeah. But uh, so they, they take him to Kareem. Kareem and him talk pretty much saying... It's a good poetic moment, uh, mm-hmm. some poetic justice there where he's like, uh, you know, you remember what you told me after the first game you was hugging on all on me and I was ready to punch you off and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, I told you if you if if we win 81 more games, then I'm going to hug you 81 more times or whatnot. And he's like, well, you owe me one more and throws him jersey, gives him his jersey and stuff like that. Uh, so, again, on Apple's uh, documentary, mm-hmm. They confirmed this part, of course, uh, the fact that Kareem had his own seat on the private plane or whatever, a reserve seat, mm-hmm. and that Magic did come on the plane and sat in his seat and said, no need to fear, EJ the DJ is here, because that was one of his names, along with Buck, that was one of his nicknames, was yep. EJ the DJ. So um, so ultimately, he, um, he, he leaves, he trusts the team with, magic at that point as the leader passing yeah. the reins if you will almost um and this is 20 year old magic at this time mm-hmm. um which i'm bring something up about a little bit in a, in a little bit here but he comes on the plane blasting maze and frankie beverly that's the golden time of day one of my favorite songs um and he pretty much telling the team look no worries because 
the team was uh, talking about Spencer Haywood and how selfish that was that he wasn't there and things like that. And Magic pretty much says, look, I'm going to play the five. Think about it, coach, but I'm going to play the five. You know what I'm saying? They ain't not going to be able to stop me. Yo, I love the country accent because who knows who knew that uh, Detroit folks was that country. But, yeah, like he, he was convict. The conviction that he showed, the leadership that he showed as a rookie, and like you said, as a 20-year-old rookie, no doubt, um, it, 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 it was inspiring to see. So this is three consecutive years you win a high school championship, a college championship, and now you're on the cusp of winning. An NBA championship. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. But, um, so nevertheless, and I know at that point, you literally are just in the moment as a 20-year-old. I know that you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're just in the moment and love to win or love to play basketball. But nevertheless, um, reporters are hounding Pat Riley and Paul Westhead. This is kind of where you start to see Pat Riley, Adrian Brody. He starts like, if there was any signs, exactly. If there was any signs that he would be the choice for Jerry Buss moving forward, these were one of the signs. Also, when Jerry Buss asked them, "Hey, can y'all do this?" and he stood up so matter of factly and, and said what he said, mm-hmm. those are the different signs where it's like, oh, Pat Riley kind of took like his, his energy and and his attitude was what the Lakers needed moving forward in a long in a macro or Absolutely. long run. In other words, like Paul Westhead was a good fill, you know, for the for that time being a bridge player to allow him the opportunity to get that experience. But when you saw the, started to see the passion that it's not even the passion that Pat Riley had for basketball, but the passion that he had for the Lakers and Laker basketball and the players and the team and ultimately goes doing what's going to be the best for the team. Like right. he knew what the player perspective was. But even going back to a couple of episodes when he did what he did with the hey, go get that knee checked out. Yeah, he made it like he was paying, like looking out for the player. But ultimately, he always had the team's best interest at heart. Absolutely. I love how this whole um, series paints the picture. And it does just what it says. It talks about the rise of the Lakers. Um, throughout the season, it painted the picture and, and showed the roots and how those seeds sprung up into who these players and who these individuals were. Even looking at Jerry West, um, and we'll talk about it, I'm sure you will, in just a few moments with regards to his performance and the things that he had done all throughout the season. He was just, as the former coach, he was just really supposed to be there to help with the transition. Like but a consultant exactly. almost. Not, not even on the books, if you will, and stuff like that, but just. They're making decisions, yeah. giving input, contributing. He was on his GM stuff well before actually becoming and being officially a part of the front office. It wasn't until I actually, um, and I may be fast forward and jumping ahead of you a little bit, but when him and one of the front office men were talking um, after they won the championship, he was like, well. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't know that they, right. that they won by now at this point. But no, so they were talking and he was like, well, you know, uh, there's some folks that think I'm pretty good at this. I may have some... Uh, Front and office potentially. He's like, well, you come celebrate with us now and uh, we'll Monday morning we'll we'll go ahead and have that conversation. So Absolutely. To see, like I said, visually the paintings of how all of these players and individuals came to who they are. And here we are, what, 30, 40, 40? Yeah, plus years at this point, 42 years later, and he's one of the, widely regarded as one of the best front office guys in league history. So – yeah, um, I, I love the alliteration of that and how he painted that picture. Um, and with Pat Riley, another thing with him, uh, he's one of the few, um, him along with Magic, that was like, what game seven? 
You know, what if they're the fact like I know that we don't got Kareem, but we're going to we win this planning, now. Exactly. Yeah. We're not planning on having no game seven or whatever like that. So, um, you know, that was definitely that definitely stood out, if you will. But um, to get to the game itself, um, again, you had. Well, first of all, prior to the game, they show Spencer Haywood. Mm-hmm. OK, he's over at his drug. The hit house. is off. Right. <laughs> so just to continue on from last week and what we were talking about with the hit at first, the hit is off. Uh-huh. They, they're going to need me. They're going to come calling. So y'all chill out or whatever like that. Well, I'll be in high. <laughs> Got the phone call. Yeah, we're sorry. Yeah, they uh, taking uh, a good fit right now. Hung up. Hey, man, what happened? You good? The hits back the on. Hits back on. So <laughs> that's pretty much what was going on with your boy. You know what I'm saying? Prayers, just to that situation. Even though it's all the way past and gone, mm-hmm. you just feel like you're in the present moment with with dude, and like you're just rooting for him and stuff like that. Knowing but, how it ends already, it's like, yeah. yo, come on, man, you ain't got to do that, bro. Right. So. um they get to the game, of course. You see Doc, uh, Dr. J. Dr. J's character is just, I mean, it, to me, first of all, like, I know you probably couldn't find better casting. Mm-hmm. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great <laughs> character, but it just reminds you that back then, 28-year-olds, 29-year-olds look like 50-year-olds. Way And different. if you was 20 years old, like Magic was, you probably look like you was 30 or 32 or whatever like that. Just... It's from the hairlines alone and stuff like that. <laughs> so, sidebar, real, real quick. If you could live in any era in history, in American history, let's put it there. I leave you there. Uh, which era would it be? Yeah, I mean, let's, if we rephrase that to like, like if I had my formidable years in in whatever era, yeah, it'll probably be. It'll probably be. It. Put you on the Lord spot willing that I make it out of there alive and stuff, and I'm still here to tell a story about it. It'll probably be the '80s, probably be the beginning of hip hop, and the disco to begin the hip hop. Mm, that's a good time. Yeah, I like the '70s, like the the sideburns, the the the, the whole music, um, funk. Oh, yeah. I love it. And so, like, I, I enjoy the like I say the '80s as well uh, with that in mind. Because of some of the live shows, so I would want to see Earth, Wind, and Fire back then. Again, I would want man. to see exactly Parliament, um, you know, George Clinton, and, and all of that back then. Um, but just with you know, with some seasoning on them, like like they 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 six to ten years. They got a couple of greatest hits that they do in at the concert, right? Like, like where they they. You know, Maze and Frankie Beverly even. It's like, that's like listening. That's like going to an Erykah Badu show nowadays or something. It's like you, you now you 10, 15 years that you've been doing this, but you got a nice little catalog. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. People smoking J's in the crowd and having a good old time. Some folks doing all kind of extracurricular. You're not right. And, and I think this is reflect this piece. Like we talked about the shooting of it. It, it, it gives you that authenticity that really makes you feel like you're in it. And so Absolutely. to be witnessing, I've been on cliffhangers every week with this show, man. I'm sorry yeah. to see it go. Yeah. Um, so another thing that, that happened before Jerry Buss went to Philly, um, he has a conversation with Jeannie. Mm-hmm. Um, really with his, his opening scene was his, uh, what's that? Like just his secretary or manager, business manager, whatever mm-hmm. she sh- shorty is. Kemp comes to him and they they give him the news. <laughs> Whatever short he is, because uh, I I can't 
Uh, She's basically like a secretary slash office manager. Right, office manager. Team manager. And um, and she she pretty much gives them the news that hey, we're we're selling out. The playoffs sold out uh, with with our finals. You know, with us getting to the finals next year's preseason tickets have already sold out. We're in the black. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We're doing our thing. Um, We could pay our debtors and, and things like that. Needs the signature. You look at the name. It's Mom Dukes who passed away last week. And at the same time, you know, one thing she says to him, uh, sorry for your loss. And he goes, who, Kareem? You know, so he's still not jokey Dr. Buss, but he's like, you know, deflecting Dr. Buss. Like, right. you know, not not wanting to bring that 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 vulnerable side out and the, the things that really affect him up. So nevertheless, he um, needs to find a new treasurer. Uh, and in doing so, he asked Jeannie. Um, he asked Jeannie, it looks like he's about to, you know, it's on a cliffhanger. It looks like he's about to ask her, Hey, do you want to be the treasurer? But he ends up asking her, go ahead and find out from your brothers. If, uh, which one would be the best pick or whatnot. Right. what you felt about that? So for me, it was, it was the ultimate okie doke. She knew that he was needing help and he, you could see it all over her face that she really thought it was supposed to be him. Um, I, I think it was probably the spark that created who Jenny Bus is. Um, Not to mention the conversation that she had with her grandmother, with Grandma, who said how much she had and how much better she should be and could be and all of that, like that. Um, but yeah, I think it definitely aided in the spark of who Jeannie Bus was. Yeah, that was so. That was a definitely a pivotal moment. Um, again, it showed and it was forecasting. I think some of the the parts of the Bus Dynasty that we ended up seeing in years to come. Also some of the reason for some of the contention with mm. the, between the siblings and stuff that we had come to know as, you know, later Showtime Laker fans and stuff right, like right, that. Right, right, right. Um, so, you know, it, it, that was what it was. So again, fast forward to the game. Um, a lot of things from the game uh, in, in real life. I forget Magic's line in real life, but it was something crazy. I think it was like 45 points. Um, 45, 12, line. and 7, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was just something ridiculous, but they're showing that pretty much uh, how it was such a back-and-forth game. Uh, it just shows the excitement of an NBA game, game of runs and everything like that. But like I started off, it showed old Dr. J, old-looking <laughs> Dr. J or whatever like that. Looked like your granddaddy and stuff like that. Um, and, and they pretty much in a showdown or whatnot, um, magic playing the five, but at the same time, he's still being magic and being the point guard or whatever like that, mm-hmm. that he is. So it just running the entire game. Right. Right. So prior to the game, it was pretty neat that they showed all of the different watch parties that was going on as well. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that real quick. So you had the one back in Lansing where his family was. Now, in that, did you notice the two uh, cameos in there? Uh, your boy uh, that played the hater. What, uh, what's his name? The comedian. Ashley Larry, Donnell uh, Rollins. Yeah. And who else? And then the one that pretty much told him or was was cracking on him was Earthquake, the comedian Earthquake. Um, oh, I miss Earthquake in it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, okay. And then you had also a watch party that Cookie was at. Uh-huh. So. Where the guy was like, hey, so what is he like? Do you know him? Uh, there was a guy who was at the watch party with Cookie. Apparently, she was on campus. Um, I was like, "What do you mean?" 
you went to MSU. You, you, you certainly you've at least interacted with him. Do you know him? And she realized that was her chance to kind of separate herself. No, can't say that I do. Right. Kind of shadily, like, backing off. Meanwhile, the entire game, she was just fully enveloped, just watching and heart beating. I wish that was one regret that I have um, of this season, that they didn't explore more of that relationship and what kind of led her to be his wife. It's and probably so complex. Listen, so many layers. That could yeah. be its own show probably by itself, but mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen that um, explored a bit more. But, yeah, that was the second one. There was also one at the house of the rookie of the year, uh, Mr. Bird, Larry Bird, <laughs> Larry Bird. Uh, Bird. walking into that one. I, I like this one. So uh, they walk in. They, they He's got his fans. Uh, they're just about to tip off for the game. And one of, I guess, Larry's cousins, yeah, brothers, exactly somebody there in the spot. Or something, yeah. yeah, it's like, the hell a monkey's show can jump. Or if that's one thing a monkey can do is jump. Um, and, and Larry being angry Larry that he's been throughout the entire season just hit him with the, yeah, but he's there. Yeah. And I'm here. Right. Yeah, but you'll get him next year. Yeah, but he's there now. Right. And I'm not. Um, and this was, a, for me, uh, a juxtaposition of how – Magic was looking at it because earlier in the episode there was a scene where he had like a hallucination or a mental picture of Larry sitting on his couch. It's like get out of here. He's like, well, you make me. I came from your head, um, and then he was kind of dealing with the pressures of not being able to beat him and saying that you know he couldn't get over Larry and oh yeah you'll win this one but it's not real because you're not beating me. And then he had his mother pop up there and talk about the stresses that she right. presented and even the ones cookie. with and Cookie and all the things that the pressures that he wanted. And, it, and in that moment he kind of overcame his inner demons to to talk about and, and really say I can do this. I want to win this championship. I'm going to. I'm good enough. And poof they disappeared. Um, and so with the different watch parties going on I think it was interesting to see how so many different perspectives because if you think about it millions of households around the world are watching this game say there's one watch party that we did miss what's that one spencer haywood spencer mm. and his joint was on black and white exactly talk on that well it's just funny that his his joint was on black and white um we've seen his house during the all-star game and um it appeared that he was inside of a bathtub so Assuming that he was in his bathroom and there was a TV in the bathroom, but again, it was on. He was watching the game in black and white, watching it by himself, getting high, getting drunk, mm-hmm. or whatever like that, and murder on his mind, I suppose, or whatever like that, like YMW Melly. So, um, interestingly enough, pause right here. We talked about it offline, but um, that part of the series was true. Um, he actually yeah. did. He has admitted since then, verified that. Um, he hired a killer to murder the coach. Um, he, uh, Paul Westfield was in, in fact, the one who um, took him out during the finals and said, hey, you're good to go. We don't need you. Um, and he hired somebody. It wasn't until his death, his mother was on her deathbed sick um, and asked him not to do it, and he called the hit off. So even with that, the hit's on. The hit's off. That part was true. Like, mm-hmm. Mom Duke's kind of saved buddy life. Yeah. So um, we enter into halftime where – the Sixers tighten up the game or whatnot. Um, see some of the coaching aspect of everything like that, where you got to really motivate these grown men. Paul Westhead, he comes with one last Shakespearean uh, quote, speech, or whatever like that to kind of motivate the guys. But at the same time, you see somebody rush into the locker room, has a piece of paper, 
it's like giving it, looking to rush to give it to, to Riles, to give it to Pat Riley. Mm-hmm. And Pat Riley asked him, you know, what is this or whatever like that. And they're like, yeah, no, Magic asked for the, the voting numbers or whatever like that. And Pat Riley looks at the paper, he balls it up, he throws it away or whatnot. Almost as to say, like, we not we don't need to be worried about that right now. We need to be focused on this game almost. You know what I'm saying? And um, when they come out of the half, they're playing, you know, Magic Basket. I mean, Laker basketball. Uh, they end up getting another lead. Uh, and then it gets close again. And, then you know, they get another lead. Then it gets tight. Um, and it's now it's tight in the fourth quarter. Um, one of the last... Uh, timeouts almost that they kind of that they show and during the timeout Paul Westhead starts off the timeout by reminding them kind of from whence they come as far as Mm -hmm. uh with with Jack McKinney and McKinney Miles and he's saying you know let's dig deep you know pretty much exactly this is what you guys train for like this is what you was throwing up for while you're running this and that like so he 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 reminds them of that everybody and this is after Magic is just straight exasperated. He's he's spent um, leaning on Norm Nixon yeah. to come out of the game. Um, and that's one, you know, another thing I was going to bring up. Norm Nixon and Magic became closer than Kenny Smith's knees really after, you know, the whole season or whatnot. Oh, uh, yeah, it's appropriate. You can go out and find it. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, make sure that volume is up. Exactly. Thank you. I'm here all night. I'm here all night. But um, they became. <laughs> They became super close or whatever like that throughout the just to see where they come from and, and the one on one that they originally had and the main mm-hmm. coach and stuff like that all the way to at the white point, party. Yeah. To where Norm Nixon really appreciates the rookie and stuff like that. So um, and, and you, you're my teammate and stuff like that. You're my brother. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, so he carries him off. But at the end of that timeout, everybody, all of the other players, they get up, they go into the court. And this is probably one of the flyest parts of the episode. But. Magic is looking like, again, spent uh, just a pinch away from being defeated. And Riley looks at him and just randomly says, 63 and 3. And Magic mm-hmm. is like, what? What are you talking about? 63 and 3. 63 and 3. That's the vote count. The, the rookie of the year vote count. Bird had 63. You had 3. And immediately you see a jolt of energy from anger out of nowhere. And yeah he was like oh word i'll show y'all now let me ask you this have you looked at the actual voting no so when i first saw it they're on the show when i saw it i was like yo i think it was closer than that. it was probably like within one or two votes um and he was just saying that to motivate him to push him to anger him no nah, he lost 63 votes to three <laughs> okay. yeah i mean it again and especially with the climate that we were in at that time i can believe it yeah um that was america's hero and, and stuff like that i could i could just you know again it, it goes to the point of how much of this is hyperbole and embellishing and how much is not this is this was 80s la so a lot of this show i can believe you know what i'm saying and it also speaks to the um to the comments to david stern and him had a couple of episodes back. They were talking about the Star Wars, and they were like, "Well, you 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 already got your uh, your great white hype or your great hope. Now you need your Darth Vader." And and he realized that they could play them back and forth to one another. And so even that in itself, with everybody, oh, he's the greatest. He's the rookie of the year. 
but yet here's magic with an opportunity to shine on the highest stage and really be the reason and the catalyst to his team winning a championship. Absolutely. So, so he, long story less long, he gets into the game. They, um, after a hard foul to Michael Cooper and he gets up and knocks down some tough free throws, they probably, they pretty much have it in the bag. Um, and you start seeing everybody's different celebration, um, Coming the to the realization. Methods. Yeah, and the way that they celebrate. Jerry West's way of celebrating was still cursing and stuff like that. <laughs> whatever. But, um, you know, Chick Hearn even, he's asking. Paul West had to give him high fives and all of that stuff. Um, but mm-hmm. Jerry what Jerry Buzz, Dr. Buzz, he almost looks in awe of manifesting everything that he he thought about and stuff like that. And he, like, really kind of brought this stuff to fruition. And he's, like, actualizing it and realizing it. So they end up winning. They have a shot of them going into the locker room. Pat Riley and Paul Westhead leading the pack with bottle of, big bottle of champagne. Again, Pat Riley looking like the consummate New Yorker, cool, slick back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, got the got the uh, bottle. Finally able to celebrate. Um, and Davis Stern again to your point, he pulls Magic to the side. Um, the reason I think that this part was so important is, and God rest his soul, but it showed the. The early, you know, how we talked about mindsets and stuff and how this this show illustrates different mindsets and stuff. It showed the early marketing mind and global marketing mind mm-hmm. of David Stern. Um, he reminds Magic of that whole Darth Vader conversation. Um, they make the decision instead of having Kareem as the finals MVP to give it to Magic. And for that reason, um, a lot, because it's almost like David Stern... Let's think about what some other popular sports was at that time. You had the WWF, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, or or wrestling rather. So it's almost like a wrestling type thing that he was in the way that he playing was playing. One is the heel and playing sports, yep. sports entertainment, if you will. Early, early, you know, thought process of NBA being sports entertainment instead of just basketball, where players can be, you know, whatever, go to the sideline and probably smoke cigarettes or whatever like that. Right. You know what I mean? This is no. Let's let's make this a product. So he he talks to Magic about that and and convinces him to accept the award or whatnot. But like I said, with that in mind, he kind of paints a whole picture for him right there outside of the locker room or whatnot. Anything that you had to say about that? Yeah. I think in addition to David Stern's vision, Dr. Buss, honestly, and and this isn't isn't speaking in hyperbole. He helped change the face of modern sports. Um, it, It went from just the athletic feats on the court to more the spectacle, to more the sports entertainment. You talk about the wrestling becoming what it is, um, where it everything had to be bigger than life. Um, from the cheerleaders that he brought in and and having the experience and in the club and everything, it was a perfect fit for L.A. at that time period. But it also, everybody else started saying, hey, that's a winning formula. Exactly. We, we want to be able to do that, not just the style of play that they have on the court, but everything else that they've gone. Right. And now you look at NFL stadiums and, and all, sports stadiums across the world. They have jacuzzis in them and they have hot tubs. It's, everything's Baseball looking, stadiums. They listen, built right in front of the water where you can hit a home run over the fields and into the water. Like certain, certain of these things, it's now become not just about the game on the field, on the court. It's really the experience and, and the larger than life opportunities to witness something that really makes you kind of go back to the mindset of the gladiators in the early Olympic games and things that it's, it's a spectacle. It's larger than life. It's something that you would never expect to see regularly, even though it's literally 
a child's game. So right. he helped to to frame and shape modern sports. I'm glad you said that though, because uh, it's something that I read where those uh, courtside seats was pretty much something that he ushered in mm-hmm. with that. So even a camera, whether it's in a baseball game, a football game on the 50 yard line, baseball game at a luxury box or, or whatever like that, that camera zooming in on the celebrity, I would give him credit for as well. You Absolutely. Know what I'm saying? Highlighting what celebrities are at a game to get, to make it a bigger draw. So when you see Seinfeld at a Yankees game, when you see Jack at the Lakers games and stuff like that or whatnot, oh, that's we got to give that credit homage. to Dr. Buss. Ab- absolutely. Yeah, that's huge. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to, to end kind of the they, – they win. Um, to end everything off, um, Kareem, he kind of shows his, his his true character and goes back to his brother, uh, Spencer Haywood, kind of in a, in a manner of, like, I didn't give up on you. I'm not going to give up on you. And Congratulations! Kinda, he walked literally walked in saying, "Almost getting shot because your boy had the gun on him." But right. he was like, "Nah, I came to tell you congratulations for what y'all kicked me off the team." But no, like, but you was here all season. You right. one of the reasons here. You get a ring, bro. You a champ, right? right. That's crazy, man. Um, what I guess was your favorite thing um, about the entire season and about this show? Um, to be frank, just the way they filmed it. I'm a I'm a nostalgic guy. Um, I always like going back to my childhood and stuff like that and thinking about things. So you could just smell the rooms that they were in. You could, you know what I mean? <laughs> the wild stallion cologne and the cigar smoke and the, and the, and the cigarette alcohol. Smoke even like yeah. cheap cigarettes or whatever Facts. like that, like that, like that, that lingering smell of, of cigarettes versus cigars. I mean, of course it was cigar smoke everywhere too, but that, that lingering smell of cigarette smoke, was everywhere from back then from restaurants to airports to airplanes where wherever you was in in people's cars or whatever like that there was always a cigarette being lit somewhere um the the which was crazy by the way the, absolutely but then that that <laughs> contributes to the aesthetic of where of where we were back then because you think about i think about all the time cleanup right think about Boston Garden think about how many cigarette butts they had to sweep up after games, right? Or you think about the walls in these different places oh. as far as in the hallways and, and things like that. They had a tarry type of feel to the paint because mm-hmm. of things, elements like that, that we don't think about. But Right, consistent smoke blowing up against it. and Absolutely. Yeah, man, Absolutely. listen, that was a wild time, So man. really the, the cinematography, but um, just my favorite part really is just that it placed me it really like it really put us there. Um, that in 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 the honorable mention would be the casting. Good casting job, A one. I I do got to give a shout out to the casting. For me, I think my favorite part of it is being able to learn, um, even though it's a dramatized version, learn a little bit about these characters who really set the foundation for the franchise that I've loved all my life. Um, I've known the story of them. I knew that these guys won, but to see insight firsthand um like that was really really dope and i enjoyed it exactly um the depths of it um to see i I got a new respect for dr bus um knowing even in his mistakes and some of the bad choice and a lot of the bad choices that he has made through the years he had that love for the lakers and 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 you could really see from early days that he wanted to win and he wanted it to be successful not just to make the money but to really be 
um, a legacy piece for him. Um, and so it was dope, man. Um, we have been able to confirm um, that there will be a season two. Uh, I know you and I talked a little bit about it off air, but for those of you who may not have heard, um, Winning Time, Rise of the Showtime Lakers will follow the same series that the book or the author um, has intended. The next season, however, from all reports currently, will focus on the 2000 era's Lakers with Kobe Bryant, Phil Jackson, and Shaquille O'Neal at the centerpiece of season two. So uh, we can expect that uh, winning time will feature to that three-peat and or at least how the team came together, and I'm very sure how it fell apart as well. So shout-out to winning time one more time because they definitely – had some fans from us all season long. Ten weeks went by fast. Quickly, way too quick, man. So shout out to them, man. Definitely we enjoyed it. Uh, but that's going to wrap us up this week, man. Anything you want to highlight to people before we get out of here? In the words of my beautiful mama, Warriors. Let's go. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Cliff. Big Cliff. As always, thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk or to be a part of the show, hit us up at cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. You can also hit us up on the Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk Talks Back. Until next week, peace.